Hello! And welcome to We Heard Wonders, the music podcast that walks like a mother. Whoa, 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 whoa! Andrew, come on, don't swear like that right to start the podcast. Your sister Ruth's listening. Oh, you're right, you're right. Mother Funker. Mother Mother Funker. Funker. See, she's got young ears listening to the podcast with her, which I love. So we have uh, stopped Naughty Uncle Andrew from saying that. How do you do? You you do right, you do right. Yeah, I am well. How are you getting on? I'm fine. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Busy, busy old week of life things and and whatever else. Uh, Musical things as well. Good podcast last week. Really enjoyed doing it. let me publicly express my admiration for Andrew uh, again as, a, as an interview. I think you're very underrated as an interviewer, Andrew. I really do. Um, I mean, I, when I say underrated, I don't know who I mean is rating or not rating this podcast, but I I think you are a very talented interviewer. And I think, like, um, obviously we had Stuart Braithwaite on a couple of weeks ago, who's from Mogwai, obviously. So big, big Scottish rock artist with lots you can dig into. And you can go and read his book and like listen to his ten albums and all that sort of stuff. But I mean, you're interviewing then Greg from my band, and obviously we're a we're a much smaller uh, project. And then you're still coming in with the, the, the really well thought out um, uh, questions. So uh, we all really appreciated that. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I really really enjoyed doing it. And Greg Greg was great value last week. Really enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, he was funny. I hope yourself. Actually, Ruth and her kids weren't listening to some of. Some of our chat last week, uh, but you never know. Um, yeah, no. So it's been it's been a busy old week um, with music stuff, and I'm going to give us a bit of an update on that. But first, I feel like we should introduce ourselves. Yes. So uh, my name is Andrew. I buy records and write about them on Instagram at kidagh86. And if you happen to be visiting COP27 this week, you should follow Andrew on Instagram. These two things aren't necessarily related, but I just thought I'd mention COP27 because we talked about it last year. Didn't we? <laughs> so I thought I'd squeeze it in. Here it is. Anyway, uh, my name's Ian. I'm a member of Glaswegian band The Deadline Shakes. And you can find us on all the social media places at Deadline Shakes, but I'm particularly keen for folk to find us on Bandcamp um, and on Instagram and on Facebook, because those are where we tend to hang out and put all our notes and stuff like that. So yeah. there we go. And uh, you guys, after playing the track on the podcast last week, you officially released Ditching last last Friday. Last Friday, yeah, Ditching of the Roses released last Friday on uh, Sir Sherry Records. Um, you're probably wondering, who is Sir Sherry Records? It's just us. <laughs> it's just us. <laughs> it's just us um, with a dream and, a, and an online account. Um but yeah, so we released it on uh, Friday officially, and I feel like the cool thing about this music podcast is that, you, um, like a lot of, I, I mean, I've been interviewed for things many times when I was younger and, and doing band things, but I feel like with a podcast, I can actually just sort of tell the truth. I don't have to really lie too much about it. Um, but uh, yeah, to the extent to which, like, releasing a single these days, I don't even really know what that is, because in the mm-hmm. past we would sort of like. In the past, everyone would like build up to a release date. There would be like a physical release, an online release. You maybe do a gig to support it, and, and really, aside from sending the, the the thing out to like media, like sending it to the press and sending it to radio and stuff like that, really, no one would really hear it until you officially said here it is. But nowadays, you sort of just try and get as many folk to hear it as possible, as often as possible, really, really quickly. And just get it out there. So it's been on this podcast twice now, prior to the release. 
Um, it's been on radio and it's been on it's been in lots of places. We we put it on YouTube. I think it's on Bandcamp. Um, and and there's been clips of it all over the place. So it's kind of strange releasing a single now because it's it's not the old fashioned way of doing things. You just really want to use it kind of to hook people into listen to us and we've got an album and come over here kind of thing. It's pretty strange, isn't it? It's sort of a weird way of doing things. Yeah, yeah, but as as the modern way. As the modern way. Everyone does it. Everybody's doing it. Um so that's really cool. Um so yeah, we had some some nice airplay uh this week and we've been on some blogs um and we've been on some like people's spot influential people's Spotify playlist track of the week. So we were on uh, Jim Jellitly selected us for his radio show um on Amazing Radio over the weekend, which was quite cool. Jim played our first ever single, Sweeten the Deal, a decade ago. Um, and he's still still digging the tracks now, a decade later. And Jim Jellett, quite a big name in, in Scottish music radio and stuff. So it was it was kind of chuffed to hear that. Um so yeah, it's been it's been a positive a really positive start for ditching and we've had other sort of things that are just happening in the background that I sort of can't share at the moment, but it's all looking quite positive, I think. Good, excellent, yeah. And uh, roll on the album. Yeah, so that's just a couple of weeks away now and we'll have another single release between now and then. Um, to what extent you release another single? I don't really know, but like I'm just saying. So we'll get that. I'll chat about that next week probably in a bit more detail. But um, but yeah, super cool. So I know that whilst I'm wittering on here about super happy musical news, you've got something that's maybe a little more, um, I don't know, I don't know, it's sad news, I guess, is the, is the way to put it, or um, in the music uh industry has had another influential person passing away recently and I think you wanted to give us a few words about them, is that right? Yeah, I just wanted to give a few words about uh, Mimi Parker uh, drummer, vocalist songwriter in the band Low, who passed away this week at the age of 55 um, she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer a few years ago and they've been quite public about the fact that she's, she was dealing with that and yeah, it was just really, really sad news to to hear that she passed away in the week. Um, I, I've actually been listening to Low quite a bit recently because they feature relatively um, predominantly in uh, Stuart Braithwaite's book because because they were like kind of contemporaries of his and just like one of his, he just became one of his absolute favourite bands. And just like the enthusiasm that he was talking about that made me want to go and listen to them again. And um, they are a group that I've got a really really rich back catalogue and there's like 13 albums and EPs that they've got that wonderful Christmas EP uh, that, that a lot of alternative music fans turn to at Christmas time and yeah it's just a total as I say really rich total kind of treasure trove of alternative music really just really kind of stark and beautiful and unsettling uh, music and really quite original in its way I think as well and there's just like so many like musicians that that review them as well and just say that there's there was that it was like a husband wife partnership with uh, alan sparhawk um at the center of it and they just said that they were just really wonderful couple and really wonderful people to hang around with as well so yeah it just feels like such a loss and it's such a kind of heartbreaking thing for for alan as well so yes yeah, so i just wanted to kind of uh give that a mention this week really um, and I'd really encourage people to to check out Lowe's music. I mean, I, I started with Things We Lost in the Fire, which was a 2001 record, 
Um, massive fan of the album Come On that they did a little bit later on. And even the more recent records are really kind of, they were, they were probably the most two experimental records. They were, they were going stranger and they were going more extreme in terms of uh, playing with like textures and noise manipulation and things like that. So like 30 years into their career, they were really kind of, you know, pushing it. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what Alan does next. But yeah, it's just a really deep body of work that, that people can get lost in. I'd encourage you to spend some time with it this week. Okay. Um, and I've chosen a track, uh, which is one of my favourite tracks, and just an incredible vocal on this, I think, from Mimi. And it's a track called Just Make It Stop. Okay, man. Lovely tribute. Let's have a listen to that. Get where we're going If I could 
Okay, so that was Low um, with their record Just Make It Stop and I'm slowly talking in order to cover up from the fact that we've had a technical issue with Andrew's audio and he's joining back into the podcast about... I'm back! No, yes! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Right, there was a, an amusing moment there where one of the other tracks just randomly played in my Spotify and I was all stressed out and panicking and stuff. I'm just going to leave this in because this is real, this is real life, <laughs> this is real life podcasting. Basically, uh, just for, for regular listeners of the podcast, Andrew's, Andrew's um, laptop, I don't know if I've ever talked about it, it goes really slow, right? And it takes him a while to get logged in and all that stuff. Uh, so he has to normally like do it early. Tonight we had like, it was a while to get logged in and everything. And we did all that lovely, that good intro and everything. You did the nice, um, you know, memorial. Is memorial the right word for Mimi Parker? Eulogy? I don't know. And then just since <laughs> I play on the track, you just disappeared. It just disappeared. Uh, I was like, uh, right, well, we'll just be trying to keep this take I going. I just made it stop. <laughs> you did. I know that. You did. Anyway, let's try and go on the show. So we've got um, five new tracks today to listen to. Um, and then, of course, Andrew's uh, vinyl word. So that wee track from Low there was a was an absolutely beautiful bonus, stunning track, by the way. Lovely strident piano chords. Oh, that, that's, that's not that one isn't new to me. I, I really like that track, so enjoyed Very that. Uh, anyway, on with on with the new stuff. Um, so who have we got today, Andrew? We have new music from Heather Trust, A Wesley Chung, Ghost Funk Orchestra, Andrew Vasilic. And June McDoom. Yeah, and I don't want to... Brilliantly named June McDoom. June McDoom, yeah. She's like, um, sort of, what all Scottish people are like. (laughs) McDoom. Um, Yeah, I I don't want to pre-review today's show, but I have very much enjoyed today's selections of music. So, without without further ado, let's just drop straight into our first track of the day which is The Devil Never Sleeps by Heather Trost. Here we go. Andrew, do not go away.
All right, everyone. So that is the Devil Never Sleeps um, by Heather Trost. Now, actually, Andrew, I couldn't find a lot of info about Heather Trost on the internet, but what I did find was that she's part of a Balkan folk group. She is. Uh, so, Andrew, top five Balkan experimental folk groups. <laughs> Go. Well, I mean, the, 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 my, my number one pick has got to be a hawk and a hack. So, yeah. Uh, handy. Handy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other four uh, I haven't quite decided on yet. Yeah, fair enough. But, um, but yeah, you're right. Um, she, she, yeah, she's involved in a few different projects. Uh, we're talking about Mimi Parker there. Uh, Heather is another person who works um, creatively with her other half. So in, in Heather's case, it is uh, Jeremy Barnes from uh, Neutral Milk Hotel. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, yeah, she's involved in in the folk influenced Balkan group, as you say, a hawk and a hacksaw. And she also does um, sh- she also runs a record label uh, with Jeremy as well, called Living Music Duplication. So yeah, so so b- busy lady, and she also makes uh, some really fascinating um, solo records as well. Yeah. So this is a track from her third solo record and it's called Desert Flowers and it's out on Friday the 12th of November yep and um, like the other two records uh, she's recorded it primarily at home in her home studio uh, with a lot of input from Jeremy as well so so yeah that's the kind of background for her cool do you think you'd like to be in a band with <laughs> your significant other Kirsty yeah I'm not sure how that would work to be honest, um, trying to think. Problem is, it would have to be an instrumental group anyway. Put it that way. That like either of us sing. Like whenever, whenever we sing, especially whenever Kirsty sings, uh, the cat just starts <laughs> meowing <laughs> and Rowan starts crying. It's just, it's just a whole scene. So yeah, Disaster. so it would have to be some kind of instrumental group. Yeah, I would say. But um, yeah, what, what about you and Zoe? Uh, well, we, we. Do play music a lot together. Zoe plays a little bit of piano, and uh, she used to play a lot of um, ukulele when we first started seeing each other. So we do actually sing and play together a lot, but I don't think we could be in a band together somehow. I just don't know. Something just says no. You know, creative differences or something. Like that. I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> back to the actual show. Um, so I like this track, man. I really enjoyed it. Um, I think. Uh, it doesn't sound like experimental Balkan folk music to me. Although no. I will, I will be honest with you, I don't actually know what that sounds like. So it might be this. So I, I'm, I'm at a loss if this, if this is what this is. Um, but um, I just, I had lots of, had lots of nice, pleasant thoughts about this. First of all, I sympathise with the drummer who must have incredibly sore arms after playing this one. Um, yes, it's a, it's a really, really busy drum pattern with a sort of in the middle of every, of every bar, a, a tom. Descending Tom Phil, so mm-hmm. best of luck. And it's, to them. It's, it's relentless, isn't it? It's just Aye. all the way through. The it's just all the way through. And I think, funnily enough, the drums. When you first notice the drums, which are, are very in your face or in your ears, um, that makes you, that leads you to think about the structure of the track, which is very repetitive and 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 tr- almost like a sort of trance like state. I think it tries to get you under yeah. its spell. And uh, yeah, I, I like the the repetitiveness of it. We've we've on previous podcasts discussed the merits of being repetitive uh, or not repetitive um, 
And there are definitely occasions when it works, and this is one of them, um, where it's a kind of slow... Uh, sorry, nothing about this track is slow, but it's a slow burn um, over a long period of time, over the four minutes, and the the groove just gets gets inside you. Um, and I really like the sort of manic energy of the whole thing. Um, so you've got the sort of ultra-fuzzy sounds, you've got the sort of pumping bass in the background, you've got a sort of late 60s psych organ that just appears all over the place. A little bit of her fiddle in the background as well, I do believe. And then just the production is kind of like just smearing everything. It's a sort of smear production where it's not really trying to give you everything very with lots of clarity. It is trying to just sort of give you a sort of collage of sounds, really. And then over the top of it all is, of course, um, Heather herself. And she's giving a very folky, I would say, English folk almost, vocal yeah. performance over the top and having a having a right freak out over the top so I think it's a really really appealing track for lots of reasons and um, kind of a fun a fun song to listen to I think definitely yeah definitely I guess almost mandatory when discussing kind of cosmic female fronted music like this to mention Stereo Lab and Broadcast mm-hmm. um, and I, I do think there is a lot of common ground between those acts and what's going on here um, in fact, um, there's, a, there's another track on this new Heather's Trust album, uh, which is called Bluefish, and it's been used extensively in the new Peter Strickland film that's just come out, uh, Flux Gourmet. And Peter Strickland is somebody who has worked with broadcasts in the past on the, the Barbarian Sound Studio film. Yeah. So, so there's a link there. And um, and yeah, I think there is something very kind of artful about about this track, yeah, hundred um, percent. I think a lot of the, a lot of the kind of acts that are often influenced by broadcast and stereo lab, they tend to go down the kind of floatier, dreamier end of their sound, and sometimes that can come off as a little bit kind of faint and a little bit indistinct. But here, as you say, it is, has got that kind of messy, slightly abrasive energy to it. I would say that there's a, there's a kind of edge to it, whether that be with the drums or some of the kind of. Um, the noises that that she uses with that organ and with the guitar as well. So I think it's it's got an edge, as I say, which I like. Yeah. Um. It reminds me quite a bit of the Silver Apples who we played a few a few weeks ago on the Vinyl Word. Yeah. Uh, as well as maybe Beak and Jane Weaver as well. And so yeah, so I think there is a slightly kind of malevolent streak to the track that kind of links in with the the title of the Devil ne- the Devil Never Sleeps. Well, as well, funny enough, right? Obviously, I texted you a few minutes ago there and said. Uh, you know, like we've got an extra track this week, and we've got you know had technical difficulties. Let's let's try and be, keep this slim. And I'm aware that what I'm about to say is just going to throw us into some kind of ridiculous tailspin, which we might not recover from. But when I was googling the title of the song to try and find if other folk had reviewed it or whatever, um, what I found was that there's a a self help book that was just released this year called The Devil Never Sleeps. Um, oh, okay. And it was released. I mean, obviously, it's the, the same title. It was released in March uh, earlier this year, and the subtitle of the of the the book is called "Learning to Live in an Age of Disasters." Now, right, okay, it does appear to be. It does look a bit cheesy. The book. It doesn't look like you know super high quality academic stuff. Um, but just something about the idea that the book is about like modern life being sort of a what feels to me like a long series of earthquakes you know um and it gives the example on the on the, the blurb of the book about like you know from the california fires to 
war to pandemic, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, how do we all learn to cope with these things? And there is a kind of like, as you said, malevolent manic energy that runs all the way through this track. Mm-hmm. And I guess we'll never know if she's read this book or or whatever. I don't know. And it probably doesn't matter, but it's just quite a cool little, uh, funny little crossover point. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, and the the album, as I say, is called Desert Flowers. And I don't know if you have you spied the suitably flowery blurb that accompanies the album. Oh, there's there's a lot. Of, it's very kind of verbose. I wish I had, but I haven't. Have you got a bit? Yeah, let's have a look. So it, the, the the whole kind of idea of desert flowers. So how does a flower grow in the desert? Well. She postulates. So it postulates the potential for new life using the messages from the unconscious during sleep. The record ultimately conceives a bridge to the world beyond our own. Now, hold on. Did you use the word postulate or does this use the word postulate? No, it uses it in the... No, it does not. <laughs> it does. No, it doesn't. Does it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. It's posing some big questions, Ian. It's... Yeah, like why am I reading this, for example? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's plenty of that. That's making me like the track. <laughs> let's, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, so we got something um we got something really new here and um I, I really like the sort of story about how, <laughs> how we've ended up with this track on the podcast this week. And I really like the track as well. So little insight for everyone. This was my selection this week, which I don't I don't normally do. I don't do that often, do I? I don't normally text you and say, here's a... I actually wasn't trying to get this on the playlist. I just liked this track and I just sent it to you because, you know, we're pals in that. So, anyway, we've got E. Wesley Chung with Something Old, Something New. Here we go.
Well, I don't mind telling you that I love practically everything about that song, and that is something old, something new by A. Wesley Chung. So before we get into like the how, the how did we find it thing, which I think is quite interesting, what did what did you think of the track, Andrew? I'm really we've not talked about it at all, so I'm really keen to find out what you thought. Uh, yeah, I think it's got a, it's got a really kind of pleasing power pop scuzziness to it. Yeah, that I like, and it kind of falls on the right side of emo for me. I think anything with that kind of even how to describe, but kind of slightly kind of. Uh, crooked vocal I guess but I mm. it just it's just it, anything that's kind of a little bit emo way I'm always a little bit wary of it. it's not quite my thing but I think this falls the right side of it and um I enjoy the references to being tongue-tied and this idea of the ghost of the past that you leave behind I think that's all kind of in keeping with that kind of genre as well mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I think it is a really good example of the genre it's just not it's not quite a genre that 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 I love myself uh, but, I, but I do think this is a, a very good version of it. Yeah, I, I'm not sure it's the most. The, I'm not sure it's the kind of the the most hooky track that that you'll find in this genre. I think maybe the, maybe the chorus doesn't quite hit the mark for me. Mm-hmm. But um, but no, I think it is a is a, it's a well constructed track, definitely. Oh well, like well constructed, one thousand percent. And I don't know yeah. if it's like the musician in me that just like really really respects the the craft behind this because the, yeah. it is so well crafted i didn't see it so much as emo myself i just really saw it as a pretty kind of kind of old-fashioned pop song in a way like a three-minute kind of radio pop song was was what i was looking at here um with um with just the best guitars like i, I don't know who's playing guitars <laughs> on this i think it must be um mr chung himself but I think it must be they are so good so 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 good uh, from from the playing, which is very technical but very understated, so it's not super showy, but there's quite a lot going on there, a lot to a lot to digest, and then also just the 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 quality of the recording of them and the and the sounds they've got the tones in there as well. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I love that drumming as well. Um, yeah, so basically, this the, I found this track almost at random. Um, because uh, A. Wesley Chung and my band, The Deadline Shakes, are just on similar playlists this week, as just with having music coming out at the same time. And I was just reviewing this Spotify playlist that we're on from the Scottish blog, Scott's Way Hey. And uh, he's put out this big list of tracks he's listened to this week. I don't know how many he's on it. And I was just going down and giving each song like 20, 30 seconds, just kind of what else is on here kind of thing. And this just like snapped me straight in. I just loved the guitar sound straight away, and then yeah, that's it. So I texted you and said, "Listen, what about what you know? What do you think about this?" And then I was just sitting having my dinner tonight, and he only goes and bloody messages on Instagram. He like messaged the band account on Instagram. I was I found that very spooky. I don't know if I got this across to you earlier on, but I was like, <laughs> I've picked this track at random from a playlist. And I really like it, and I've sent it to you, which I very rarely ever do. And then out of the blue, this 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 chat messages us. Um, so, but you, I think you'd followed them on Instagram, is that right? Yeah, because we were going to play his track tonight. I thought, and because he's he's a local lad as well, so so we yeah, we should say that he's uh, an American-born uh, singer-songwriter, but he's bought, he's based yeah. in Glasgow. Um, so yeah, so I think I thought once we were like playing this track, I thought it'd be fair to kind of follow him and 
uh, give them support that way as well. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Def- definitely. So, um, but, but I shouldn't have told you that. I should have just made you think just, that he was just randomly serendipity. Yeah. Well, funny thing is, like he he sent us actually a really charmingly funny uh, inbox message as well. Where he sent us a message asking, you know, like to just get in touch with us about the podcast. But he did get us mistaken for another famous Glasgow music podcast. Um, so that, I thought that was quite funny. And then immediately messages again to say, uh, oops, that was a quick copy and paste job while giving my son a bath. <laughs> <laughs> and knowing knowing how um, I do business in the music business, um, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So... Uh, so I just found that I just found that kind of that gave me a little chuckle as well. So uh, so A Wesley Chung, your song is cool, and I hope it is very successful for you this week. Uh, right, should we have a look at something something different? Definitely. Do you think this needs some kind of like uh, introduction in some way, Andrew, or do you think we should just drop everyone face first into it? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's kind of like a a world that this artist kind of creates. So. And it's quick. It's, it's a bit of a, a tone shift, but yeah, I think just drop us straight into it. Okay, so this is the Ghost Funk Orchestra. I've added the definite article there, and I've said the Ghost Funk Orchestra. That's not what it is. It's this is Ghost Funk Orchestra with their track Scatter.
Okay, so that is the Ghost Funk done again. That's Ghost Funk Orchestra with the track Scatter. <laughs> um, so this is absolutely you're in your you're in your comfort zone here with this kind of stuff, are you not? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I, I've been following this project for a few years now. Um, I had uh, their record from 2019 in my in my rundown, uh, which was a, a fantastic record called A Song for Paul. Um, yeah, so we should, we should, and then um, the following year they had the follow up, which was called An Ode to Escapism, which was um, another good record. I think, uh, in retrospect, I think it's not as strong as either A Song for Paul or this new record. It had this kind of uh, running thing all the way through. It was a kind of like a self help audiobook with these like interludes where she was like saying, take a peek into your sub- subconscious and all this kind of stuff. And it was just, it didn't really go anywhere. It was kind of like, it was it was kind of feigning to have a, like a concept, but it didn't really, it was just kind didn't of tiny songs together. Yeah. But it's, it's still it's still a good record. But the other two, uh, A Song for Paul, which was a kind of psych, psych soul project with a lot of kind of esoteric and exotica elements to it. Um, very cool. And uh, with this one as well, especially this track there's a kind of loungy element to it as well but also yeah. a funk and a bit of strongness as well um so uh ghost funk orchestra is the brainchild of a producer a musician and a ranger called seth applebaum and he has been doing um making music for the last kind of five or six years started off as a kind of like one-man project really him doing it all himself and then i think with this record it's, it's kind of grown to a 10 piece uh, of different musicians that are coming in. So it is expanding and it's getting a little bit more expansive as well. Um, and I think it's, it's starting to kind of grow an audience as well. There's, it, it's, it's got elements that would appeal to people like that, that like uh, Krangbin and like Goat that we played a few weeks ago as well. Mm-hmm. Um, all those kind of modern psych soul type groups. Um, and it's also, there's, there's tracks on it. Like if you, if you take away some of the kind of more kind of stranger effects that are on some of these tracks they are quite straight ahead kind of retro soul um which will appeal to people that like that tone and things like that as well so so yeah i think this is a a strong record for them it's called the the album's called a new kind of love and it starts really strong i'd say it kind of tails off a little bit towards the end for me but it's still still a good record and if if you're into that kind of psych soul sound then i definitely recommend checking it out i noticed there paul weller who Who's a man of fine taste? He's been uh, talking about this act and this album. Oh, really? Um, in the last couple of days. So yeah, so so he's he's on board with it as well. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot to um, for such a short track. It's only it's just coming in under three minutes. There's actually quite a lot to kind of parse through. I think like it's a, yeah. it's a, a lot of info. Um, so just from a musical point of view, it starts off with this very like stabby bump 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 intro and then there's like discordant elements in there as well so it really starts off you know kind of frying your brain a wee bit and then as you say it kind of drops into a more lounge place and it becomes a much calmer um vocal track um with a very strong vocal performance as well i think i do like it and it builds in intensity as the track goes on and then essentially the sort of vocal section um 
ends, this sort of lounge section ends, and then it goes into a sort of hard psych sort of yeah. wig out section, which builds in intensity with a pretty, yes, pretty nice sounding guitar solo <laughs> until we return back to the the stabbing section that we had from the sort of stab section from the start. Um, this time with a big, massive, scrunky saxophone all over the joint. So I'm I'm on board with all of this now. Like I wouldn't have said I would have been um, before, but I'm on board with all of this, with the possible exception of the scrunky saxophone, which yeah. is just it's just a little bit too much. Uh, it's a little bit incongruous, really. But yeah, I mean, I think that is what they were, like. I don't think yeah. that was an error. I think that's what they were aiming for. But it's just not my. Um, it's just not my cup of psychedelic soup. So I don't know um, if you've seen the video for it. The, the the person that's playing the scrunky saxophone is wearing a, a giant fish head. A fish head. Yeah, I was <laughs> going to mention the fish head, yeah, because I, I did watch the video. Um, so it's a vibe. It's a thing they're going mm-hmm. for. I think they hit the thing that they're doing to use the old care mode uh, measure. You know, have have they achieved the thing they set out to achieve with this track? I think you'd be hard pressed to argue that they didn't. Um, and I think with them, it's just going to be a case of like, for, for, I've said this a few times recently, and I don't, I don't mean to impeach myself, but I, I kind of feel like for the vinyl guys, this is one that people will really like. Like this is a cool, a super cool track, and the type of music that people like. Um, and for the rest of us who are maybe a little bit more casual, like myself, um, it's just going to come down to a matter of taste. So that track I really enjoyed. I don't think I could do forty-five minutes of that. To be honest, like if it's that level of like intensity, but if there's more more loungy stuff with yeah. a very nice vocal, then I'm I'm more than more than likely going to check that out. Yeah, as I say, there's some tracks that are just kind of straight ahead soul, really, with a few kind of you know psychedelic flourishes. But yeah, there's not much of that scrunky sax, to be honest. Um, and then there's a few kind of nice instrumentals and things like that. So so yes, I, I'd say it's definitely an approachable record and. It's one that, I mean, it's not what I would do, but it's one that you could just have on in the background and it would be quite pleasant to listen to. Yeah, it would create a vibe. But but yeah, I think I think it's I think it's a good record. Yeah, and words like pleasant and and creating a vibe and so on are a perfect way to segue into um, a bit of a sort of low key hero of ours, I would say, Andrew Vasilik. Definitely, yeah. One of one of my favourite current musicians, I think, just one of the most tasteful musicians around. I think. Yeah, I think in in a way, <laughs> this is kind of a stupid thing to say in a music podcast. But when we listen to this track, I hope what I'm saying will make sense. If you're hearing this for the first time, I almost have nothing to say about this because it's it's just really, really, really good. Yeah, that's it. It's really good, right? <laughs> listen to it and enjoy it. It's really, really, really good. So Andrew Vasilik, if you don't know who that is. Go and research them. Go and listen to his music. It's really good, right? So that's my that's my <laughs> review in a nutshell. <laughs> so this is um, this is a new track. It's called "The Confluence," and this is by Andrew Vasilik.
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'm actually. I mean, I know. I know. There's lots to say about this, right? But that just kind of like I've listened to this track a bunch of times already. That kind of takes my breath away. It's so good. It's, it's so ab- good. Absolutely stunning. It? <laughs> it's, <Yeah. amazing. laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Um, so there's lots to say in terms of background stuff about uh, the project that is Andrew Vasilik, and obviously the kind of geographical uh, element that appears in, in all of the work. And I guess if you maybe if you didn't know that, um, then it's something that you can you can get into with this track. But just on its own merits, just just on what we listen to there, mm. um, that really light piano touch um, all the way through the really really restrained. Uh, drum beat um, which I believe is played by the chap from Modern Studies I could be right, I could be wrong, I don't know um, but just everything is just sort of dialed it's just dialed in perfectly really really yeah. well, carefully considered it's just so well judged bass the, the, the bass, is, the bass oh. is just oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what else should we say, I don't know I don't know, well we're going to have to try so <laughs> off you go yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody that that I've been following and and uh, we've been talking about for for a while and just he's pretty much on a record a year at the moment and they're just all stunning records and he seems to be expanding with each each record as well. So I think you get that again here, just even more strings, even more brass than before. But but it never feels cluttered. It's just all so yeah. perfectly judged and it does have that sense of place as well to it. I think he's really, really good at kind of blurring the lines between the present and the past and reality and this kind of like dream world almost that, that he kind of like creates. A little bit like what Fergus McCready does as well with yeah. his records as well. I think he's kind of taking you to, you know, I remember you, you, you were talking about Fergus as being otherworldly and I think there's something otherworldly about oh, 100%. Uh, the, the music that Andrew does as well. So, so he'd, he'd created a, a trio of records inspired by different aspects of the Scottish landscape. So there was one about uh, architecture in Dundee that the sound is turning. Yeah. You know, so that's that's a that's a that's a skill in itself. A joke a joke, a joke about that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, the River Tees inner estuary, that was the inspiration for another one. So he takes these unlikely subject matters and just imbues them with so much uh, beauty. And he's he's just pulling from a lot of different stuff in terms of influence as well. So you get synthetic, synthetic and symphonic film scores, jazz, library music, classic neoclassical music, um, folk music as well. And it just but it just feels so natural. And and, and as I say, as I was saying before, he's just such a tasteful musician. Yeah. And um the last record and this one are coming out in clay pipe music, which is a, a record that does a lot of really beautiful instrumental music that always has amazing cover art and stuff as well. So I think it's just like a perfect home for him. That's just all kind of marries together so well. Yeah. Um. So this latest album that's just about to come out is called Hearing the Hearing the Water Before Seeing the Falls. And as I say, it just again sees him kind of expanding his palette and trying to document something but also kind of like touching on something that's a little bit more kind of dreamlike as well. Uh, there's a guy called Alabaster de Plume, who's a, a really lovely musician as well. 
and he's come on board this time around as well. So, yeah, I think it's just all pointing towards another absolute stone of a record. Something like this, to me, feels like it probably, you know, now that now that Fergus McCready has broken, you know, through like with, you know, his nomination for the Mercury, and then obviously winning the the album, Scottish Album of the Year award, you mm-hmm. feel like something like this um, could could do similar things. I mean, this is just such a a beautiful piece of music. Um, I'm already thinking. I'm I'm pretty familiar with Andrew uh, Andrew Vasilik's back back catalogue, um, but I'm already thinking this track is just. Something about I cannot put my finger on it, but there's something about it that is just so utterly joyful. Um, something so poetic and painterly, and um, you know, just so well considered that that you know, I just think it's beautiful. I think we're really lucky to be about making a music podcast with Fergus McCready and Andrew Vasilik making music on a regular basis, actually, um, to not put too fine a point on it. Um, this um this 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 project called Hearing the Water Before Seeing the Falls, which you obviously just mentioned a few moments ago, I even the title of the record just seems perfect. <laughs> like hearing the water, meaning for me, meaning like experiencing the, this music, um, is more important than than actually visualizing what's going on, um, which is ironic because I believe Andrew Vasilik does an incredible live show, which you may have seen and I have not. I haven't, but I really want to get along. We should yeah, go and see him. He's, he's playing at the CCA next month. Yeah, let's, let's definitely do it. And I believe that this record was inspired, at least initially, by the work of a landscape photographer, uh, Thomas Joshua Cooper. Um, and uh, yeah, so part of my research here, I just started like Googling this guy's photographs. And I, I just realised, I'm not even going to talk too much about it, but I just realised this has just sucked me in. Like this has just sucked me in here. And I could be listening to this track and googling this stuff for the rest of the night love it i mean i i i feel like we've done a, a kind of a, a rubbish job of reviewing this because all we've just said is what i said before we listened to it which is listen it's really really good just right listen just listen to it it's really really good um so uh, and no no um i don't think there's any, we have anything to hide in saying that we would love to have andrew vasilik on here as a guest um we'd love to pick his brain i think so um so yeah, if you're listening, Andrew, um, it'll all be this kind of ego-boosting stuff we've <laughs> <laughs> in the last 10 minutes. Um, why are you so good? Why is, you, why is your music so good? <laughs> why don't you like play rock guitar over it but instead do really smart stuff? Why is that? Um, oh, I see. Yeah. It, we, would, we would cringe at ourselves afterwards, but I think it would be worth it for the for the bands. But anyway, I love this, love this project. Love this artist love this song um so the highest praise i can give <laughs> i think yeah and it is one of the reasons that we do this podcast just so that we can highlight music like this because we yeah. do think it's so special yeah it is it absolutely is and the funny thing is and again i know i'm, I'm elongating the review which is done but this music is out there it's, it's not as if like andrew vasilik is like a totally unknown musician that no one's heard of it's out there more people should listen to this. Like it's not like some sort of obscure kind of never to be heard of again thing. This is this is a proper major Scottish artist that's doing really really important stuff. Um, I can't imagine the album a year uh, rate can continue. Um, I just can't imagine you can keep that up with this level of quality. But I seem to be wrong. Like I'm consistently wrong. So long may it long may it continue. Okay.
we can do no more of that, right? That's <laughs> that's just too positive. So time for some time for some doom. What do you think? Doom, <laughs> doom, <laughs> doom, and doom and gloom. Nah, hardly. This is another good track as well. So this is uh, June McDoom, and the track's called Stone After Stone. Is there anything you want to say before uh before I find it on for everybody, Andrew? I think again, well, it kind of goes with it, same with a, a review podcast, but this is one for active listening. I've listened to this track many, many times, and every time it, it kind of takes on a different shape almost and it reveals kind of more layers to it. So, yeah, I would just encourage you just to really listen hard. <laughs> <laughs> and then, if you want to, go back to the start of the podcast and listen to the whole podcast again. What would you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Okay, so this is June McDoom with her track Stone After Stone.
Okay, so that is Stone After Stone by June McDoom. And probably the truest thing you could say about this track is the thing you said before we listened to it there, Andrew, which is it really develops with every with every listen. You scratch away at the surface and you, there's more and more under there. I think so, yeah, absolutely. So it, it seems to kind of like, just as I say, it kind of shifts amorphously in front of you and, and mm. you, you, you hear the layers uh, the more you listen to it. Uh, the front cover uh, of the EP, so she's just released a five-track EP and uh, the front cover of it is her sitting next to this ghostly apparition. Um, and I think on this track in particular, it kind of evokes this idea of you know, phantoms in the plaster and spooks in the skirting boards kind of thing. It's, like, mm. it's, 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 it's the kind of the room in which it's been recorded is kind of haunted or 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 um, you know, spooked in some way. And, and you get these um, instrument instrument wielding specters coming forth and, and presenting themselves to you for a bit, and then going back and and going back into the the, the background again. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's it's just. Uh, I, I I wrote a wee pretentious thing myself and we kind of make fun of people I, I said, well Phil Spector made a name for himself with his cavernous wall of sound here, June McDoom <laughs> appears <laughs> June McDoom appears adept at capturing the sound of walls oh. so the idea of her recording in a living, breathing room with these figures coming forward as I said so that, that, was, that was my Naff, corny, potential thing to say. Ah, well, I can see the beginning of an Instagram post there, <laughs> if, if I've ever heard one. Um, listen, I, I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying, and uh, I would defy pretty much anyone except the brainiest person to be able to actually slip that easily into a genre. On yeah. you go, off you go, pop it in <laughs> a genre. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of genre skipping. It's got elements of kind of West Coast American folk music. It's mm-hmm. got uh, there's a bit of sort of Radiohead, early two thousands rock music in there as well. It's got like quiet folky moments. It even reminds me a little bit. Wait for this, of Travis Scott um, with the sort of acoustic guitar breakdowns in in the centre as well. I've forgotten the exact name of the Travis Scott song, but probably that's fine. If you know if you know what I'm talking about, you'll know it's there. I'll try and find the name of it in a moment. Um, it's quite. It's drawing from lots of different places, and it's yeah. very difficult to put your finger on exactly what any of them any of them really are. Um, I believe she's classically and jazz trained as a singer and a musician. She has a degree in it, um, and yet this this track really doesn't rely particularly on those skills necessarily. Um, so June is clearly an incredibly talented musician and yeah. and songwriter and as well as that I think is doing that really really super interesting thing when a musician is able to then take that and present an image which is really really interesting and cool and ethereal and all the imagery that goes along with this track as well I think backs up your claim of sounding a bit haunted and sounding a bit kind of spooky all the way and um, yeah I absolutely love this there's great touches on here like Birdsong and yeah. Twinkling Bells. There's chimes and yeah, chimes yeah, and things. And, uh, yeah, yeah, these these things all all kind of add up to that that picture of creepiness and spookiness. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here, Andrew. Right, I don't like doing this because 
I feel like the risk of getting this wrong is quite high, right? But I'm going to try. Cool. And I'm, essentially, I'm trying this for podcast fan Nathan. So, Nathan, if you've made it this long, this is for you, my friend, right? So I was talking to him about this recently. I know a bit about music, right, from a practical point of view. But in terms of musical theory, I also know a bit, but I tend not to talk about it on the podcast because in case I screw it up or because maybe it's a bit boring or whatever. But one of the things that I loved about this track is that there are vo- there's moments of her vocals which are contrapuntal. Yes, that's a real word, contrapuntal, right? Okay. Where um, she'll have two vocals that, that are they're tracked on top of each other. Yeah. One is going from low to high and the other one is going from high to low and they kind of cross over. And it happens It happens quite a lot. And um, that type of effect is absolutely not something you can really do by accident. That is planned out very carefully and in advance. And I just really hope I've said the right thing. But I'm, I'm fairly certain that's what I heard in there. It took me all the way back to 2001 in my higher music. No, that sounds good. Uh, the, the whole kind of tempo of the track, it has a kind of dirge-like quality to mm-hmm. it. It's, it's, it's very slow, but it's also very beautiful and very yeah. soulful as well. So, yeah, there's a lot of clever stuff going on here. And it's got a kind of deconstructed element to it, which I think is kind of what you're touching on with the, the classically trained thing. It's like she's, she, she's learned all the tricks and now she's just playing with it. And I know she's like really interested in kind of um, you know, using a lot of kind of interesting production manipulation and things like that. So mm. yeah, there's there's so much going on here. Yeah, this, and, the track uh, the track sort it of really values. Um, sorry, of deep listening as well. Yeah, it definitely does. I was just going to say that one of the things that I really like about the deconstructed nature of the track is it's going on at its kind of glacial pace, and then it just sort of stops and there's the acoustic breakdown mm-hmm. section, which you think. It's all right, okay. So there's that, and then it and then it returns to its its kind of groove and in inverted commas, and then you've sort of forgotten that that was a thing, and it reappears later, and you're like, oh, that again, right? And it's it, it's quite an interesting, um, oh, I don't even know, what to do. it's a structural thing, I guess. It's part of the of the songwriting process that would, that would bring that about, but it's I I don't know how um, someone would sit down and actually write that track. Uh, that's a bit of a mystery to me. There's parts of it that you think, okay, that's just, you know, sit there with a the piano and they've got it written. But just the structure of it and the elements of it and the, the bringing it all together, it's, it's really, really clever stuff. So, again, I feel that's two tracks in a row have just gone, yeah, it's just really good. Yeah, it's brilliant. But it is. Yeah. It is good. I think so. And um, I can really recommend spending some time with the, the five-track EP. It's like a, about 25 minutes. So it feels hefty, it feels substantial, and she is a, a really fine artist, I think. That's cool. And is it that's that's coming out on vinyl, I believe, yeah? Um, I'd imagine so. I've not actually looked at that, but yeah, I'd imagine it would be. And I imagine there'll be an album along at some point as well. Yeah, it is, it is coming out on, on vinyl. I checked that on our band camp earlier, so that's, that's pretty cool. So get your pre-orders in for that. Um... Brilliant, okay, so that's us reviewed our five new tracks for the day. A very enjoyable selection, Andrew, thank you so much. Um, and uh, that brings us round to our final section of our podcast, which is called The Vinyl Word. I am now graciously tap dancing and wasting time while Andrew <laughs> gets his thoughts in order. I've never actually asked you if you need any time. I bet you're ready to just go, are you? Uh, pretty much, yeah, but I don't even, I, I haven't 
compare to anything to say. <laughs> but, um, okay, so he needs time. I need to make. I need to give him no, time. No, right. Just go, go for it. Go for it. Okay. Well, I was just going to say. I was just going to say, Andrew. <laughs> there's probably listening, but people listening to this are thinking, "I wonder how I can support this podcast." And that they're saying to themselves, "And listen to the podcast, and interact with these guys by texting them and sending them messages on social media. I follow the social media." But they're probably wondering, is there a way that I can support this podcast financially? And do you know what, Andrew? They can. They actually can. They can just go to www.buymeacoffee.com slash wehairdwonders. And for the price of, I don't know, an iced mocha, um, they can support the ongoing production costs of uh, this music podcast, We Heard Wonders. So, guys, if you've got an extra couple of and you're feeling like do you know what I listen to that podcast every week and I would like it to keep going um, if you fire it over to us it's just, it just goes towards the ongoing running costs of the podcast so uh, without further ado oh, Andrew shit. sir I mean, yeah. I mean just, just imagine just imagine that you've never heard Andrew Vaslick before and we've just introduced oh. you to him and you know surely that's got to be worth a couple of quid I agree wholeheartedly don't give it to Andrew Vaslick <laughs> give it to us <laughs> No, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, but I mean, we we provide I, what I think is a valuable and useful service. I think, um, and uh, just before we get into the final words, massive fun to do this podcast with you, Andrew. Every week, really do enjoy it. I've really enjoyed this week's songs <laughs> massively. Massively helped along by you know some of them being really really good. I mean, often we listen to good music, but some of this stuff is is trend transcendent I think this week really does go above mm-hmm. and beyond uh, what we're what we're normally uh, used to so thank you so much for that and without further ado sir Andrew's final word thank you so yeah so I have gone from something old something new the A. Wesley Chung track to an album by a little known band called Slade <laughs> um, and the album the album is called Old New Borrowed and Blue um, so it's probably my, f- possibly my favourite studio album, I'd say, from some Slade. Uh, Slade and Flames, amazing as well. But um, yeah, this is this is a great record. Obviously, Slade are kind of. I still feel like they're a little bit underrated. I think people are starting to give them their dues in terms of being, you know, really fine songwriters. But uh, yeah, I still feel that like they're a little bit underrated because there's just, if you delve into the catalogue, there's so many amazing tracks, and I mean. They pretty much, pretty much were the kind of, uh, you know, the successors to the Beatles in a lot of ways in terms of just the their love of melody and their love of the Beatles. You know, they were just kind of pulling from the same, uh, same influences and the same kind of uh, spring well. And um, there's just so many great Slade tracks that that I would recommend you checking out. Um, How can it be far, far away? Miles out to sea. And the track that I've chosen is the kind of big ballad from uh, that record. It's called Every Day. And I just think this is a lovely, lovely track. Okay. Well, a passionate argument in favour of Slade there. I think you're the only person I know that has an opinion on various Slade records. I don't know anyone with an opinion other than that. But I, I feel it's unfair because even though they're quite uncool, I think I agree with you 100%. Every time I listen to a different, you know, obviously the, the big, big, big hits, I always think, man, that's so good. Like, yeah. great melodies, well-recorded, quirky look. Brilliant. Okay, so this track is called Every Day by Slade. 
So I guess all that's left to say then is good night and good luck, listeners. We shall see you. We shall see you next week. See you next week, guys. Except for we two And you know